Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Grounded Roots with Sam Black. Sam is a certified psychic medium, wellness coach, and is the executive director of Grounded Roots Wellness Incorporated and is your answer to finding wellness in every area of life. Good morning and welcome back to Grounded Roots with Sam Black. I'm your host, Sam Black. Excited to be here with you for the second time today. You know, you're catching us during our Women in Business series and the fun has been going on for a little over a week. This is our second interview today and tomorrow we have three more to finish it off. So thank you so much for joining us. And you know, today I'm really excited about this episode because I totally adore this guest. And I know I say that a lot, but trust me, when you meet Candy, you will totally understand why. So Candy is the CEO and founder of You Empowered Strong, and she has been inspiring people of all ages. I cannot wait to introduce you, so I'm just going to jump right on to it. Candy, welcome so much to Grounded Roots. Oh, thank you, Sam, so much. It is such an honor, and um, I'm excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. So I always tell everybody, if you need somebody real, talk to Candy. Is that something you hear a lot from people? I do, actually. It's one of the biggest comments I probably get when I get off the stage is people say, I feel like you were just talking to me and you're so real and so genuine. So I really, um, I I take that very seriously and, and thank you for that compliment. Oh, not a problem. And you know, being authentic to ourselves is really the highest compliment we can give ourselves, but also to others. And you definitely embody that. So I absolutely have always loved that about you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So what can you tell us about You Empowered Strong? Yes, You Empowered Strong is really a, um, was designed, um, it's it's my company, um, and it was designed as a way to help people stand in their own personal power. So a lot of what I teach people to do is it's really teaching you how to say yes to yourself. And so if you think about You Empowered Strong, the acronym actually spells yes. And that was uh, by design uh, because it's all around standing in our own sense of personal power. It's it's giving ourselves that permission to live full out in the gifts that we were given um, and realize that no one has that magic wand to empower us. That's really something that we get to do for ourselves. And so it's that opportunity to say yes to yourself. And then as I tell people, there's usually the noise or the, the blocks that are getting in the way. So how do you destroy that noise that might be holding you back from standing in your most magnificent light and putting those gifts in your song out there uh, for the people that you serve? I love that. And how did you become involved in the world of business and coaching to inspire others? Yeah, actually, I um, I left 20 years of corporate. Um, I started out as a mechanical engineer and went through various positions and roles, but really spent the bulk of my career building high-performing teams um, from both a business development, sales coaching, and leadership development standpoint. So I really got thrown into the throes of coaching and mentoring very early on in my career, even before my career in various aspects. And as I looked at what I was doing within organizations, it really became clear that I would have a bigger impact if I would work with multiple organizations and, and different levels of leaders um, 
you know, across the globe. And so there was really a big desire to play on a much bigger scale and uh, didn't want to play by somebody else's rules. So it was sort of that time to step out and say, all right, let's go see what I can do on my own and, and how big can that impact be um, when you're looking at it from a kind of a global collective standpoint. You know, I really love how you just listened to your higher self and you intuitively knew that you can make a much bigger impact if you expanded. And you also were working in a very male-dominated field as well. Correct, yes. I mean, starting out as a mechanical engineer, you don't see too many other uh, women playing in that space too often. And so I did. I worked for several Fortune 100 companies and um, oftentimes was one of the only female leaders or the only female leader in that space. And so, you know, it, it definitely challenges you because early on in my career, I, I probably wasn't as authentic in standing in who I was and my own femininity and, and embracing the fact that I was a woman playing in that space. And so that was really a big learning opportunity for me. And it is one of the things that I teach female leaders is how do you embrace who you are, even if you might be in an environment that sometimes can make that very challenging um, to step out and, and shine your light and let your own beautiful femininity and, and softness be part of your strength as well as, you know, just how you play the game and how you're surviving in that environment. Yeah, and that's so important. And I know using you as an example, you have a strong message, you have a strong personality, but you don't <laughs> allow that to hide your vulnerability. And I really love that perspective about you. Well, I appreciate that. You know, that wasn't always some that wasn't always the case, truthfully. Vulnerability, I bought into the stereotype and the myth that we're told early on that, that vulnerability is a weakness. And it wasn't until I had someone who really stepped in as a mentor and a coach for me when she said, Candy, you know, you're a phenomenal leader, but you would be so much more effective if people could see your heart and vulnerability. And when she first said that to me, I really balked at that because I was like, uh-huh, yeah, no, I'm not going to put that out there. That's, that's me being weak. And what really I got to learn and, and walk my own journey in that path was understanding that vulnerability is single-handedly my greatest strength. It is all of our greatest strengths. The stories that we've been given, the experiences that we had, the things that we're most afraid for people to see about us are absolutely the biggest opportunity for people to connect with us. And when we let go of our ego and how it's attached to this idea of vulnerability and truly stand in a place to be compassionate for ourselves first and let our vulnerability be the very catalyst that connects us at a soulful and heartful level to human beings. Um, that's when the game starts to change. That's when you really get the opportunity to influence and inspire and impact others on a much larger level. Yeah, and I can totally imagine how your ego would have really been in, you know, protective mode of that because being in such a male-dominated sphere already, you have to battle those stereotypes about how emotional women are. So coming to terms with it's okay to be vulnerable and show emotion must have been a really big transition and challenge. It was. And, and, you know, the other side of that is it's not just the male-dominated field. It's the way women choose to play in that space. We, especially in the corporate sector, there's a lot of this protecting your own, um, kind of cover your butt CYA sort of thing. Um, and there's not enough lifting each other up. Um, and that's collectively. That's, that's men lifting up. There's just 
leadership, there's a broken element in leadership. And so there's this fear around, well, I, I don't want people to see who I really am. We walk around with this fear of the imposter syndrome, right? I'm so afraid people are going to find out I'm not as good as they think I am, or I'm not as smart, or I'm not as this. And it comes down to, for women, it's really, you know, in a space, say, I'm so afraid they're going to say I'm not worth enough. Because women have this shame that's attached, and myself included, you know, it was this, I'm not enough, where men, it's this, I'm going to be seen as weak, right? And so when you're playing in a space where everybody's bringing that fear at different levels, it makes it hard whether it's a male-dominated field or not. But when you create those constructs and those filters that say, well, I'm in a male-dominated field, therefore, I have to play this way, you just create even more roadblocks and more... Um, opportunity for you not to step up and so yeah it was it was very challenging but it was getting my own head talk right and owning my own worth because that wasn't something somebody else could give to me and that was a big opportunity to realize that it's not a function of what they are doing it's a function of how I choose to show up and how I choose to serve in that space you're so totally speaking my language because you know that <laughs> accountability piece it plays a really really big role in how we present ourselves and at some point we need to stop making excuses and you know blaming how others are putting us in a space and just take accountability for I am me and this is how I need to show up in this space. So I really really well and I mean I tell people one of the biggest things that I you know I go out and speak at you know corporations and different organizations one of my key messages is around leadership and what's the definition of leadership and we are bought we buy into another myth that says leaders are either created or born and i absolutely disagree with that either one of those statements leadership's a choice and the way that i describe it to people is leadership is a, it's it's how you choose to show up how you choose to serve others and how you choose to take personal responsibility inside those two spaces and when you realize that you were given a certain set of gifts, that you were given your own unique voice print, thumbprint, whatever you want to call it, when you realize that that was a gift that is given to you to serve, then there's a responsibility in a way that you stand in that space. And so, you know, a lot of what people will say when they're out there, they get shut down when someone says, well, you're too this, you're too that, you know, you're too passionate, you're too big of a thinker. Those many times are your gifts that makes someone else nervous because it's just that mirror that comes up and you have a choice. Do you own that? Or are you going to step away because it makes someone else uncomfortable and leaders know that it's a choice to show up and stand in that uncomfortable space and take that responsibility that comes with being front and center and playing full out in that capacity. That is so, so true. And thank you for sharing. I mean, just in that short little monologue, you shared so many really key that if you can take nothing else away today, just listen to what Candy just said. Rewind the episode and listen to it because there's so much power in what was just shared. And the other thing, too, is you were mentioning how women choose to play in the space. So it's not necessarily is it male-dominated or not. It's how are we showing up and playing in that space. And I can say not even just in corporate circumstances, certainly in different social work settings, in different education settings where we are more female dominated in that space, there is a lot of fear around leadership. There's a lot of fear around and competition around how we engage with each other. And certainly I personally don't believe it needs to be that way. I think if we all just show up being our own authentic selves and worry about what we're doing, 
we can really work together and embrace each other's gifts and take our projects so much further. I absolutely agree with that. And, you know, if you look at even our culture right now, we still are creating stereotypes as we're raising our, our young girls and our young boys, right? There's still a notion more times than not, not to say that there aren't pockets where that's changing. And I get so excited when I see where the change is occurring, but we're still teaching our young girls to be soft, to be passive, to be demure, to be, you know, soft-spoken. They're not supposed to be. We still call girls that demonstrate leadership. We call them bossy, right? And, you know, then men, young boys, we tell them they're supposed to suck it up. They're not allowed to be emotional. And that dynamic is still playing out in our culture and in our society. And we need to write that. And so one of the things that really is a passion for me is to go out and work with leaders, you know, whether it be in corporate, whether it be in, you know, businesses in the entrepreneurial space, um, nonprofit sector, but to go out and help them reconnect back to their own inner child, because that's where your permission really comes from, and to allow that child to stand out and get fed the things. And so, you know, one of the things that I do is I'm helping feed the soul of business, right? Teaching leaders how to feed the soul of business. And so you got to think about your own personal soul food. What does that look like? And so it's that opportunity to say, what would happen if I allowed myself to be more heart-centered, more soul-centered? And I got back to something that had a deeper essence and core about who we are as individuals versus what we do. And when you go out there and you watch, you know, Fortune 100 companies, executives that have been there, you know, 15, 25 years, break down, men, women, whoever, because they're finally connecting to something that's bigger than themselves and matters and they feel like they're valued and they have an opportunity to serve. That's where you start to change what's being brought back into the homes and how we're raising our kids. Because the very culture of what we have in business is the very dynamic that's still playing out as we're raising our next generations and, and trying to grow the next you know, generation of emerging leaders. Um, there's a cycle that needs to be broken there. There sure is. And, you know, when we do work on ourselves and we really get in tune with which is the voice of our ego and which is the voice of our higher self and really get in tune with who we are and what got us here, that acknowledgement alone plays into every other system of our life. So certainly if you're making growth in yourself, you will find that you're making growth in your business, in your workspace, in your home life, in your volunteerism, and just in your gratitude of life in general. So it's so important to really embrace that. And I love how you're talking about these CEOs and things that have been in, you know, their corporate headspace for so long that their earth brain's taking over and they're finally <laughs> acknowledging that emotional self. Um, it's so key and that's where growth really lives. It is. And you make such a powerful point when you say, you know, when you work on yourself, right? People, it's amazing because I get people that'll ask, Candy, are you a life coach or a business coach? And my answer always is yes. And they're like, yeah. so which are you? I'm like, I'm a coach. And I'm going to tell you, regardless of what place we start, everything we do, regardless of what filter you're coming in with, regardless of whether you want to see growth in your business, regardless of if you're trying to grow your team, it starts with you. It always starts with us and the I am of who we are. And so it is all about saying yes to yourself before you can say yes and do anything else, right? And it's that whole concept of not looking at it because that's one of the filters, especially women have, but it's the, well, it's selfish for me to put myself first. No, I'm going to challenge that and ask you to look at it from a place of being selfful 
instead. Because selfish, by definition, says you're doing it in spite of others. You're doing it strictly from an egotistical and oftentimes narcissistic place that says, I need an instant gratification because this just fills a need I have right now. And I don't care how this affects anybody else around me in my environment. So you're doing it in spite of others. We're being selfful says you're doing it so that you can serve others. And the only way you can be playing your best game, you can be standing in your gifts, you can be singing your song loudly and proudly, is if you take care of your inner house first and get deeply connected to your I am and understand who you are when you take away all the rules, filters, labels, titles, roles, responsibilities, and stand in the light that was given to you. But it always starts with you. It Always, no matter what you're doing, whatever's not working in your life starts with you and how you're connecting back to your I am. That is so, so true. And the whole I am, you know, it's interesting when I um, was in that accident a few years ago, I can remember when they said, you know, you can't return to work. I kept saying, but I am a social worker. Like, how can I not go help people? I don't help people because of a job title. I help people because that's who I am inside but you know to rewrite that message it took a lot of conscious effort to rewrite that message and so many people when you ask them like hi who are you you know first they go right to the job title or they go down to the number of children they have or whatever but inside you're so so much more like it's time to break that open and embrace who you really are and what you bring to the table Well, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I talk to people about is getting connected to what I call your what, why, and who. And a lot of times when you ask people, so what's your what? What's the big thing you want to do for 2017? What's the what? And they'll say, oh, I want to grow my business 20% or, oh, I want to be, you know, do this with my kids or whatever. And it's like, that's not your what. Your what is how you want to show up in this world, right? It's the what is it you want to create, generate, expand, um, gain access to what's the lifestyle basically when you take the what away it's who are you who are you when you stop defining yourself by some kind of parameter or filter title or something else because even when people like well I want to be a better mom okay great how about we talk about step further what's the what beyond the mom space because that's still a title it's still a role you are something more beyond that so what is it what's that living legacy and and it's not that you know when you're leaving this earth kind of legacy that oh i hope when i on my way out i leave this it's no what are you leaving with people in every experience and interaction and engagement you have with them how are you leaving people what's the kind of person you want to be who are you in that space and then why does that matter to you specifically not your spouse not your kids not your boss not your environment not your team but why is that your why And a lot of times the why comes from the very story we don't want to tell other people about. It's that place where our shame lives. But our why is so deeply connected to that, that when people get really connected to what or who they are, what is it they really want to be creating as an imprint? Who are they in that space? Why does that matter? Then they can get really clear on who they serve and start creating messages and a way to show up so that they become kind of that lighthouse that attracts the very people that need them most. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love how you frame that and really keep pushing the, you know, no, who are you? Because, you know, at times it's too easy to stop at that superficial level. And for some, it can be very uncomfortable to dig deeper. It can be very uncomfortable to look at the why or how did I get here? Um, 
So I love that you keep asking the right questions that are going to dig up the answers that they're actually looking for. Well, and it's interesting that you just said, you know, it gets uncomfortable for people, but that's where the magic happens. If you're not willing to get uncomfortable, you are not willing to grow. You will never grow. You will never get to your best level. You will never expand and step fully in your gift if you stay in the comfortable. It will not happen. If it is not big enough to scare you, it's not big enough to grow you. If it's not uncomfortable, you are not getting pushed in a way that's going to elevate your game. It just will not happen. And leaders embrace that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love, I love how you word that. And it's so true. Like if we're comfortable, we are not growing that place of comfort, that safe place. It's meant as a plateau, not as a mountain mm-hmm. climb. And, Absolutely. you know, we're here to climb mountains. We're, you know, we're here to live. <laughs> and, you know, it's so important, the impression we leave on everyone, not after we die, but after every interaction, that's a gift. Every time we interact with someone, it's a gift to give them something. And we can choose to ignore that we're giving them something, or we can actually embrace that. Because every interaction leaves somebody either feeling wonderful, feeling inspired, feeling empty, or feeling degraded. And we get to choose what gift we give them every time we interact. Absolutely. Absolutely 100%. (laughs) Yeah. So, Candy, I know that in addition to your coaching, you also do speaking. You also do writing. So how did you branch out into that? Um, Yeah. First of all, because when you look at how are you going to have a message that, you know, has some sort of global impact, and I've always known that, Um, I was to stand in a place that was on a much bigger scale. I knew that even as a kid when people would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to change the world. And, you know, people would try to shut me down in that space. And so for me, you know, coaching a lot of times allows me to do much more of a one-to-one model, sometimes one to a few when you're doing group coaching and workshops and other things. But if I really want to create a one-to-many model where it's, uh, and I, you know, I love the phrases like pay it forward, but I like to say things such as shine it forward and, serve it forward, lead it forward, um, then I need to find multiple ways to carry a message because my message can only reach so many people when I'm in a coaching capacity, when I'm doing my workshops, when I can get on a stage and impact thousands of people who immediately can take action from something that resonated with them, from something that could change their life um, and give them ways to take next steps. Um, that's creating a bigger wave of change. And so I really need to look at what are all the ways and and writing. I I love to write. Um, And so all of that just supports carrying a message out there that has a much more global presence and really can create an impact on a one-to-many scale. Absolutely. And you know that emphasis on the word action is so critical you know, it may sound simplistic, but that's where the movement and growth are, is in that word of action. And leaving people with the plan of action to take your message further or take their own message further, whatever that action step is, is so crucial. And that's how we're going to elevate the consciousness of our world is through action. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, you know, that action piece, to your point, it seems so simplistic, but it's the very thing that gets people stuck. Sometimes that first step is the most difficult. And I get people that want to overanalyze 
and think through. And it's like any action is better than no action. Because one of the things we don't realize too is a lot of times when we say, well, I don't want to take action. I don't want to decide. That becomes our most powerful decision in not taking action. Because the minute that we choose not to, we hand that our personal power over to let side for us. Because if we take action, it doesn't mean we're locked into it for eternity. It means that we're moving the momentum forward and we're getting things kind of moving and, and, and shaking and, and direction going. We can always change the action that we take. But when you don't take action, you immediately give your hand your power over and it's, it's, that idea of how do you get started? Where do you go? And I think one of the biggest misses for people that do the work that we do, especially when they're speaking, is when they don't create a call to action, when they don't give people that may have resonated with a message, when, and I, and you know, there's this mindset that says, oh, people are selling. And I'm like, no, they're offering a way for you to get, to take action, to move this forward. They just shared something that opened something up for you. They just inspired you and the worst thing they can do is get you fired up, inspire you, and then go, yep, that was great. Good luck. How is that serving? Absolutely. How is that serving when we put that out there and get somebody so hungry, they're salivating for it, and then we don't give them the tools to step into that space and actually access the things that are going to be really rich and juicy and wonderful for them? I just think that's the biggest miss because we have this mindset that says, well, that's selling or that's this, and it's... I'm like, no, there's a way to do that. But when you don't offer that call to action, you're actually missing the opportunity to serve people at the level you need to be serving them. It's so true. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing with choice. Um, we're offering an opportunity, a call to action. We're inspiring. And if people have heard our message and, more importantly, felt our message, they actually will want that call to action because they're going to want more. And right. that's one thing I think coaches and, and speakers and, and entrepreneurs sometimes forget. They feel like, oh, I'm going to be bugging them. I don't want to bug them. But the truth is you're actually giving them a gift. They can choose to return it on Boxing Day if they don't want it. But right. it's not our decision whether or not they get to choose it. It's just our opportunity to share it. Well, it is. And, you know, one of the, the phrases that I use in every one of my talk, because it gets to, you know, when I talk about destroying the noise and the fear of rejection, people are so afraid of the no, right? They're like, mm -hmm. I don't want to bug people. They create all these filters and assumptions. But what I try to remind people is, is, is the fact that they don't know who, they don't know how, and they don't know to what level they can affect, influence, or impact change for another person by, sh but by simply showing up. But the thing is, is in order to show up, you've got to ask the question. Because think about it from your own perspective, right? How many times has someone asked you a question? It wasn't even on your radar. But the minute they asked you the question or the minute they put the opportunity out there, you knew instantly it was something you needed to step into. And you were like, yes, how do I do that? It wasn't even something that, because we don't know what we don't know. And when you don't ask that question, you automatically take away someone else's permission to decide. And so you're not in a capacity to serve and you've taken away their permission to decide how to engage, take value, work with you, interact with you. Because I know personally a decision I make today based on where I'm at, the experience I had and a decision I make next week, I could get the same question asked. I may say one thing this week and I may say something different next week based on what I need in that moment. And I don't know until someone asks me the question. 
Absolutely. And the one thing that sometimes people forget is that your no is as powerful as your yes. And energetically, we need to be able to embrace saying no and be okay with that just as much as we need to be able to embrace our yes and get excited about it. Because, you know, that's where the balance comes in energetically. And if we don't feel empowered enough to speak our yes or our no and make that commitment to either one, we're actually shutting down a part of our soul. That is absolutely beautiful. Um, I, I could not agree more. I tell people yes and no are complete sentences. And the confirmation of a no, whether when you're giving it to someone or receiving it, is the best gift you can receive because you stop wasting time, energy, and resources on things that are not meant for you. And so I absolutely agree with that. This yeah and maybe space are cop out. And to your point, energetically, they, they are draining and they are exhausting and you are not standing in your truth and you are not being empowered in owning because say no to somebody if you can't commit 100%. Let them go find the person that can say yes. Absolutely. And, you know, the way I explain it to people when they're wondering, you know, sitting on that fence of maybe or someday, I say, okay, so imagine it like a marriage proposal. You know, someone comes up to you, they've invested time in preparing the proposal, what they're going to say to you and how they're going to say it. And your response is a maybe. How does that leave them feeling and how does that allow them to move on? Mm-hmm. And, you know, phrasing it that way, people just really look at you and wonder, you know, well, that would feel horrible. Well, exactly. And that's the same thing if you offer an opportunity to someone or ask their help with something if they don't commit to a yes or a no, it leaves that cord attached between the two of you where you're constantly guessing and needing to know what is the answer. Right. And, you know, it's interesting because that whole idea of, um, yeah, and maybe, and someday, I mean, you know, I, and I love the, the cliche term that says, you look, someday is not even a day on the calendar. And there's a reason for that. So when people say to me someday, I'm like, what day? And they're like, what? I'm like, well, what day? Because Sunday doesn't exist. So what day? Monday, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday. <laughs> what day? Because Sunday, you're, you've already set yourself up for, you're copping out. You've made an excuse. You're, you're putting that out there. And, you know, it doesn't serve us and it doesn't serve the people around us. And, and people are so afraid to stand in their yes and no. And they don't realize that there's so much power for both you individually and for anyone else that's sharing space with you. Absolutely. And that's why you're the no punches coach, because you hold them accountable. Get out your date book. Let's find some day in it. Um, and if it doesn't exist, let's choose another day or say no thank you. I just love that. Yes. So one of the things that you do is you like to inspire all ages. So you do a lot of coaching and speaking for adults, but I know that you've also done mentoring with youth and also you have a very special project that you work on for children so can you tell us a little bit about those projects absolutely and it's interesting that you asked that question because I'm in the space where we're actually taking some of the work that we do for soul leaders um, and the masterminds um, and we just tested a piece of it out last Monday Uh, we did a two-day soul leaders mastermind with you know some, some big powerhouse type leaders. And we took three of the components into a elementary school in Houston, Texas with third, fourth and fifth graders. And it was amazing how quickly 
they connect the dots and integrate it um, to where they shared a video that actually showed them teaching what we brought in. Um, I worked with a friend of mine, James Wolber. He and I brought this in. But it's, it's so empowering when you can see that message, how it resonates with kids. And so I also have a children's book called Dream Star that's really about um, knowing that you have a special light, knowing that regardless of how big or how small or how brightly your light shines, it's, you have your own purpose. And so there's somewhat of a universal message around it. And so some of the work that I do with kids is around how do they shine their own light. And so working through knowing that they have their own purpose and their own internal magic. And what does that look like in terms of how they choose to show up? And we forget that we can teach children about the power of leadership very early on. And when we start to give them those tools and resources, they show up differently um, as they're, as they're growing up and as they're, you know, engaging with others and as they're building things. And so it's a lot of fun. There's a lot more coming um, from, I've got a whole dream star Academy and some other things that are happening, but really a way to grow our next generation of leaders from the ground up. That is so exciting. And, you know, if you haven't read Dream Star, I really <laughs> encourage you to pick that up for your child, regardless of how old they are. Because I can tell you, when I first brought Dream Star home was, I think, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And so my younger three are now 14, 13, and 11. And my 14-year-old still reads Dream Star. And <laughs> it is so empowering and so beautiful, regardless of how old you are. But it's definitely a great little goodie if you're looking for something for a stocking supper or a Christmas gift for someone, you know, order those and because what a huge gift it is to give others and empowering our youth is our future playing. So there's no better investment that you could give. Oh, well, thank you for that. And I, I really agree with it. It's always interesting to, me, interesting to me when I'll be doing big talks. And a lot of times, you know, I have Dream Star books in the back and I even have the character because there's, you know, a whole pillow and whatever yeah. for the character. And I'll see grown men standing back there holding this pillow, like hugging it. And I have to stop sometimes in my talk because it's one of the most beautiful things and call it out. And they're like, it just has great energy. And so you're right. It, it has that universal message that kids of all ages, you know, how's the Christmas song go one to 99 or whatever it is. Um, it's amazing how much grown adult children <laughs> resonate with it as well, even though it was an originally intended for, you know, kindergarten, first grade kind of age group. Um, it seems to resonate across the board. It's a fun book. I, I very connected to that book. Oh, wonderful. And I know I love it. And I really am excited about you guys going into classrooms um, to teach the messages with your mastermind, because, you know, if you can reach that population, that grade five, six, seven population, they're old enough to make a difference. They're old enough to take charge of a project. They're old enough to execute the project. They're old enough to inspire others. And they're at a really good age where they're already questioning everything that's been fed to them anyhow. So why not teach them at that age so that they can stand in their own power? And imagine if they all had that opportunity, how different our world would look in 20 years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the exercises we took in was teaching them the power of a heart to heart hug, which is one of the things I do with my clients. And we did in this mastermind, which people be like, you got executives and, 
you know, powerful leaders to step in a space to hug each other heart to heart. And I'm like, yes, we absolutely did. And it was a game changer. And so we brought it into the kids and this video, in fact, there was one little girl who actually was made it very clear. And when we respected boundaries, she said, I don't want to be hugged. I don't want to go there within the turn of 24 hours turned around. And now she's the one teaching it. She is the one who's teaching it, did a video around it and was like, teaching her family and friends how to give a heart-to-heart hug and why that matters and how do you do that and hold space for somebody. And this is the kind of things that we're, these kids are absorbing and taking on. It's huge, right? Because everything we do in business blocks our heart line, even the way that we, we shake hands. We do right to right. We cross our heart line. And just opening up your heart line in a way that is different can be a game changer in what's happening in business, how we lead. And when these kids are demonstrating and teaching that at that age, you're right. They're going to, they're, they're that, that's the opportunity to change the world as we know it right now. That is so exciting to me. And I remember the first time you taught me the heart to heart hug and it just made so much sense to me. And I really love, like I do this as well, but it excites me that you do it as well. Integrating that, emotional spiritual piece into our business and understanding we're all energy so our heart space is really important and if we're not opening it up we're actually closing a lot of other things down so I love how you always share that and integrate it in your work oh thank you I appreciate that so what is coming up next for you empowered strong for dreamstar for candy what's coming up for 2017 yeah, 2017 is really going to be blown open, wide open. Uh, talk about going big to go bigger. Um, this entire space around feeding the solar business is my big rock. Um, and it's got two, actually three prongs to it. One, it's um, the masterminds um, like we just created here in Austin, which is a blending of corporate leaders, emerging leaders, both in the nonprofit space as well as maybe startup businesses, whatever, um, in addition to some very successful business owners who are managing teams of you know, 10 to 100 people, um, et cetera, and bringing them in a space where they collectively can open up and stand in their own vulnerability and get really raw and get really real and get more soul-centered. Um, so that they can show up differently in terms of how they lead. So there's that component. Um, in fact, we're doing another one in March in San Diego. Um, they're very intimate groups and um, very powerful what, what happens in the two to three days that we meet. The other thing is that they, they will be carried out into the corporate environment, both for um, emerging and mid-level management teams for their leadership retreats as well as executive leadership retreats. Um, they go out and they, they try to connect to each other and step in their own vulnerabilities. So we're going to be bringing these masterminds into corporate as well. And then there's the third piece, which is about the kids. And we are working right now to build the youth version of these masterminds where ideally when we are having some of these masterminds with the executives and we're having the masterminds with the kids is that we're going to find a way to bridge the two together so that these executives are learning from these kids being their board of advisors. And so um, there's a lot of power and energy that's happening. I've got a book um, that's, that's starting to be uh, worked on another book uh, that's going to be kind of a parallel support of all of this. Um, and so that's really going to be the big play um, for 2017. So it's going to bring that piece of dream star um, and carry it into more of the soul leader space. And it's going to work on top down and, and bottom up at the same time. I am so 
so excited and I can't wait to watch all of this unfold and hear all about it and hopefully experience some of it. And, you know, I know for you, you do have a very busy schedule, but two really important pieces for you around your downtime would be Peyton, your dog, and being (laughs) able to be physically active. So how do you ensure that you really get that whole picture together and that those more important areas of your life don't fall away because of how busy your schedule is? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And for most people, it's very counterintuitive, right? We always say, oh, I'll take care of me after. I do all these priorities and all these things and the way that I serve other people. And I absolutely tell people to stop. I start, I build a calendar every week for myself. And before I put anything on there, unless it's a standing priority that I already committed to, such as a speaking engagement or a corporate training or something along those lines, I do not build my calendar without creating what I call bookends. So I am very deliberate, especially when I'm not traveling, that I start my day every morning. I have a morning ritual where I get up. I have a spiritual walk. I I take Peyton, my my love of my life, my dog. Uh, We go for a very long walk. I connect to nature. I connect to God, source, spirit, whatever you want to call it. Um, I have time to get into a space of deep gratitude. Sometimes I listen to a podcast or something inspiring on the back end, but there is a dedicated time. I don't get into my email. I don't get into those things. I am very deliberate about minimally. I have an hour in the morning that is mine before I even start my, my day speak. And it it starts with my dog. It starts with my connecting to myself and to a, a spirit higher than myself. Um, And that's outside. And that's usually a long walk. It's 30 minutes to 45 minutes. And it it gets me moving and stretching. Um, I'm also very deliberate about my training and working out. And um, so I fit time to, you know, hit the boxing gym, um, go hit the bags for a while, release that energy. Um, It helps my body stay attuned. It helps with my breathing. And then on the back end, the other bookend for me is the way that I close out my day. I honor the last hour of my day so that it's I play a calming app. I play very soothing music. I read um, things that really fill my soul. I get connected and reflect on my day. Um, I journal. Um, those kinds of things are very, they're non-negotiables for me in terms of how I start my day and how I finish my day. And that's the only way I can serve in the capacity that I do. I love that. And thank you for sharing because it's so important for people to understand how we structure our time and how we purposely fit in our soul time as opposed to our business time, because it's too easy for people to look at, you know, successful people such as you and just think, wow, she's got it all made, but it's not by accident. You actually plan it out that way so that you can integrate everything and being able to care for ourselves allows us to care for other people. And you haven't forgotten that message. Well, absolutely. And the thing is, is people don't understand by doing that. Because the biggest response you get is, I don't have time. Well, actually Mm -hmm. you do. You create time. And the more you get purposeful about how to fill your cup, the more you actually use your other time more effectively and efficiently. And you get better at saying yes and no where it needs to be said. And so I am so much more productive because the other thing I do is I create very clear power blocks around how and when I'm spending my time. So that I don't get sucked into a lot of distractions and get sucked down in things. You can, when you are being purposeful in the gifts that you were given, 
I love the, you know, there's a difference between the way Newton looked at time and Einstein looked at time. Newton said that time was basically a scarcity, right? Time is something that we, we lose, we can't replace. And Einstein's version was, no, we create time. And have you ever had those days where when you are so purposeful about what you're doing, you look up, you're like, it's got to be four in the afternoon. And you're like, how is it only 1030 in the morning? Because you're creating the time you need to do the work that's been asked of you, period. And when you honor that, you never run out of time. I never have days where I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to get this done if I'm being purposeful? The only time I feel like I don't is when I'm getting caught up in things that aren't meant for me. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Candy, for sharing all of your messages and joining us this morning. I cannot wait to see what 17 you, but also for everybody else that you're connecting with. Thank you again for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Sam. It's been absolutely um, wonderful connecting with you. And you know how much I just adore you and love you. So thank you so much. Thank you. And I promise that love is absolutely mutual. You totally inspire me every day. So thank you everyone for joining us on Grounded Roots with Sam Black. I will be back tomorrow with three more fabulous interviews to round up this fabulous women in business series that I have been doing. And the radio show will continue after that. And we will be bringing you wellness in every area of your life. If you'd like to connect with me, please go to www.groundedrootswellness.ca. And you can also follow me on Sam Black, Certified Psychic Medium and Wellness Coach on or Grounded Roots Wellness Inc. on Facebook. And Candy, how can everybody connect with you? Um, yeah, best way is my website, which is com. So it's Candy, C-A-N-D-Y, Barone, B as in boy, A-R-O-N-E, and then international.com. Um, or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. I'm active. I'm Candy Barone. You can't miss me. It's <laughs> I'm everywhere. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks so much. And everyone, I hope you're having a beautiful day. Stand in your power and we cannot wait to see what you bring to the world.